If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Todd. I'm Ryan. And today we're talking about self-reflecting. So over the weekend, I went and saw uh, Taytel. Taytel. That you and I worked on. Mm-hmm. I was the DP. You were my first assistant, AC, first mm-hmm. AC. Uh, and uh, it was interesting to watch it on the big screen mm-hmm. in the Rome City Auditorium. Very nice. Rome, we won't say Georgia. Mm-hmm. Just keep it at Rome. And then Just people Rome. think that we went all the way wow. to Italy. Yeah. I mean, Mussolini statue is out front. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and um, so today I thought it could be interesting to maybe, we've done this before. Mm-hmm. Um, as a company, we've done it before, and then me and you have just done it in general. But kind of on where we feel like we could improve in our skills. Yeah. Uh, both in our commercial paid work as well as our creative endeavors. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done as much creative stuff, so that'll be a little harder to critique. Mm-hmm. Or recently we haven't done as much. Uh, but in general, like just across the board, yeah. say we could talk about, you know, our uh, kind of reviewing our editing that we do. We both edit, but you do the majority of the editing. Uh, both of our shooting, we both do the shooting, mm-hmm. um, directing, writing, kind of just all across the board. We even act sometimes. Yeah, if we have to. If Let's just to. say every morning I wake up. Till you go back to sleep. And then just one big show. And then I'm that much closer to who I really am. Dead. (laughs) That's the goal. That's right, exactly. You're just trying to you're just trying to connect your inner self with your outer self. Every morning I wake up and I go, it's time to to, the clock in. That's good. Uh so um yeah. Anyway, so uh, we can definitely talk about Tate's Hell mm-hmm. for those of you who haven't seen it. Sorry. Yeah. You're not gonna know what we're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, jealous. <laughs> but we can we can describe the scenes a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can. Uh, nobody's ever gonna look at a website anyway, so I'm not gonna no. take the time to find screenshots. No, 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 no. So we'll just describe it to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then in general, we could just kind of talk about what we feel like we could get better at. Um. Uh, I feel like overall, right now in our careers we're at a point where anything we do will be good enough mm-hmm. where it might not have been the case 10 years ago. Yeah. Where at this point we just need to be making stuff period. Yeah. yeah. Even if it isn't as great as it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, we also always want to try to improve and get better. Right. Um, so uh, it's still worthwhile having a conversation like this and maybe you'll learn some stuff from us that you also can apply. Oh yeah. I also do that and could do a better job like they just talked about. Or at the very least, it'll maybe make you think about like where could you improve because I think it's easy to get kind of stuck in a rut of just like doing the work that's in front of you the way you've always done it. And to a certain degree, if you always do it the way you've always done it, mm-hmm. it's going to come out the way it always comes out. Yeah. And the only way to change that is to mix things up a little bit. Yeah. 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 Yep. So boy, where do we want to start? Um, let's start with... What area of our work? Should we start nitpicking? Oh, well, we should definitely start nitpicking probably like for some reason the like um the comeback for our YouTube channel, the comeback. Uh, yeah, well, for some reason that's in my brain. Yeah. I don't know why okay. out of all the things. And I think my main reason for that is the editing in that. Okay. I think I could so, All right, so let me describe real fast. Yes. Just because people haven't seen it potentially. Yes. We had a YouTube channel, we still do technically, mm-hmm. but it's been sitting dormant for many years now, mm-hmm. uh, called Frying Squirrel. Yeah. It sat dormant for about a year, mm-hmm. and we did a video where uh, it was our comeback video, and it was me bringing, getting the gang back together, yeah. getting the band back together. Yeah. Basically making fun of like Blues Brothers and a lot of those movies where it's like yeah. the comeback. It's like a little montage. Like, yeah. 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 So I'm dressed up like Marty McFly. Yeah. I go find Todd, who's like this big, Business executive, yeah, and like a stockbroker, yeah, 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 exactly, and like crushing it <laughs> with his with his money and, and the mustache, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then I I get him and he like acts like he doesn't even really know who yeah. I am anymore, yeah. and then slowly and then he acts like he's too yeah. big a deal for me. Uh, we do a homage to Hook, mm-hmm. 
Where after you shave off your beard, yeah, or your beard's back. My beard's back because we did the mustache stuff after we did yeah, everything yeah. else. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden your your beard has grown <laughs> yeah. magically back to normal. <laughs> yeah, and I do the whole there you are, uh-huh. Peter. But yeah, it's time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then we go and get Mark, who's working at his mom's trophy <laughs> shop. I forgot about the mom's trophy. And he doesn't want to come back, and his mom tells him that he needs to because, you know, she knows how happy he was when he was making videos with us. And then the three of us then leave and, like, run out the door (laughs) and do, like, a little kick flick thing up in the air together. And then there's, like, a trailer, a scene where we're just, like, all riding on this bike that I've been riding all over town together. Yeah, one bike. And Ryan wanted to get the game back together because he was editing, like, grandma tutorial videos, like, essentially – that's yeah, what it started yes. out with you. It was really like boring quilting yeah. type videos, yeah. and you're like, "What am I doing?" So yes, uh, it was it was a good That's like very prophetic. Yeah, very prophetic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're not filming grandma. We're not editing grandma <laughs> stitching quilting videos, but it's not far from not that far sometimes. from it. Um, so the idea is like we just need to be creative. That's just not what we want to do. We want to do something fun, um, and so that's probably why maybe I'm thinking of it because we might similarly be in the same situation so um but i think the biggest problem that i had was definitely like we we thought certain scenes were funny but like i think it could be tightened up a little bit you know like it's a little long we let things go a little longer than they probably should have or um so yeah that's kind of my thought was like if i were to edit it i need to watch it again so we're talking about without even having gone back and watched it. But um, the opening sequence probably could have been shorter. Yeah. Um, you coming to realization, you know, could have been shorter. Me accepting the fact that, you know, I want to come back into the game probably could have been shorter. Yeah. You know, there's Everything a lot. Everything could have just been shorter. Exactly. And there's a lot of quicker cuts. And then maybe just it would have added more energy to the video. It would have uh, made it maybe a little funnier. Yeah. And so – Definitely back at that time with our videos, we kind of were focused on the material more than maybe the holistic point of view Yeah, with comedy. You know, I think comedy is just as much in the editing as it is in the filming and yeah. the improvising. Yeah, the definitely. Writing, you know? So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of as we go forward and make hopefully some funny stuff, I think that's something to be very mindful of, of. But we didn't even do pre-production on that <laughs> at all, you know. Well, I mean, we I, we might have at least had a plan. Yeah, we had, an but idea. I don't think we like yeah. really hardcore like we would now for projects. Yeah, um, yeah and I think um, something I, like um, comedy is definitely an area that me and you both like love. Yeah, um, and I think if there was one type of genre of movie that we would both be like equally happy making, especially like together, um, it would totally be comedy. Uh, yeah, I think we like. I think we both have our kind of the Venn diagram thing. Our Venn diagrams overlap. Yeah, in comedy. Yeah. Uh, now that we don't like the other areas too, but like probably the dramas that you would want to make are a little bit different than the dramas I yes. would want to make. Yes. But I think in comedy we have a lot of overlap where we would both really enjoy making yeah. some of the similar kind of movies. Um. So I think about a comedy a lot as well as like how can we, um, because I think we're both funny people and mm-hmm. we can make people laugh and, and a lot of times in group settings where the people that are making people laugh. But I think just because you are a funny person or can make somebody laugh doesn't mean that like you can perfectly like there's still a technical like what you're saying, there's still a technical and mechanical element of yeah. like making a funny movie yeah. or a funny video on YouTube. Like filmed funny is still different than conversational funny. Just like if you're gonna go do stand up, you gotta learn the mechanics of stand up. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking this uh, or improv or Yeah. I was talking with one of my friend with Chris Meyer, um, and he was shout out talking to Chris. about Shout out to Chris. I don't think he listened, but shout out to Chris. Chris. Um, How dare you, Chris? Come on, Chris. Um, but he, we were talking about friends and he was like, Yeah, friends wouldn't be friends without Chandler. And then that's when we talked about I, I brought up the fact that it's like, well, you know, you still had to have like the two normal people and then funny people. So Chandler Usually was the funny guy, but yeah. there's episodes where him and Monica are the normal people. Yeah. And Ross has to be, you know, anxious yeah. and crazy. And yeah. So it's it's that there, no matter what, there is a formula yeah. to all those shows. And so with comedy, I think there is a formula. Like the, 
uh, AP Bio, you know, you get to that's one that you know you and I both love. So good. And but there is a formula to that. After yeah. the first season or two, you know, you start to like see yeah. it come into action. But you love those characters. You love it. And so to keep it fresh, I think that's why you have so many different characters, so you can mix it up every once in yeah. a while. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for us, we were minimized the amount of characters we yeah. had. Um, yeah, I think the um, – I mean, like, what would AP Bio be like without Helen in it? Right. Oh, Helen's hilarious. Helen's... Not Helen, my wife. She's also Fair. funny. <laughs> but Helen in the show <laughs> is hilarious. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think one of the things that I've noticed with – and, like, uh, I'm going to use, like, our spec commercial mm-hmm. that we made, too, for Zevia. 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 Uh, which is a very nasty drink. Mm-hmm. I would highly suggest not buying it. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, we did a little, um, spec commercial for it to try to get more advertising type work and it was a comedy type thing. Yeah. And I think it comes off funny enough to get the job done, but it definitely like isn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it definitely isn't like one of those that you would like, oh, I'm going to remember this forever. Right. Kind of funny. Yeah. Which is definitely what you need when you're doing like funny advertising. Yeah. Like if you, if you want to do something for Budweiser or whatever, you want to be, the one that makes the super funny thing that yeah. is in the lex- lexicon of culture forever. Yeah. You know? Especially if that's your brand. Like Skittles yeah. is will always, Skittles, Starburst, you know, those are always yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Geico. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some of those things that there's like, they need to be like, ah, oh, that's clever and really yeah. funny. Um, and um, one thing I feel like with comedy, well, and with everything. Yeah. Uh, which was what I noticed too in watching um, Tate Tell. You know, as the DP, it's like comedy, especially though, like you need a lot of coverage of the scene because mm-hmm. that's what allows you to have the more snappy editing. Yeah. Probably a lot of the reasons why the shots went long is because it was a one take. Yeah. Wonder kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we might have done it multiple times, but we only did it from one angle. Yeah. And so it's like if we got to let the scene play out the way it cuts, plays out because we can't cut parts out of it yeah. without a jump cut. Yeah. Um, and although jump cuts... In some situations, have become okay. Yeah, especially in the YouTube culture, it's been very accepted. Yeah, but in something that's still supposed to be like a film sketch, little mini movie, a jump cut is not okay. Yeah. Uh, and not in a commercial either. So I feel like that's one thing that, you know, especially like the reaction shot, I feel like in in videos is so important. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to cut to somebody as they sort of, on behalf of the audience, make the reaction of like, WTF, what is going on? Yeah. You know, if we had cut to a shot of me riding a bike as a grown man, this little kid's bike down the street, and you cut to some lady checking her mail yeah. as she watches me drive by, like that yeah. b- then becomes more funny. Yeah. Because it's- Yeah, or, or the the classic, you know, three kids like, mister, that biking for you or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. Something goofy and funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or I'm like pedaling like crazy, and then it cuts to the shot of these kids, boom, boom, yeah, like yeah. zoom past yeah. me. You know, so it's like I feel like adding in these like ele- other elements of like the reaction shots. Yeah, and even once again, I feel like a lot of times with our editing, we always would stay on the the person talking. Yeah, and I think again in comedy, like cutting to the other person's reaction, reaction. as they're talking yeah. is what makes it more funny. It's very like reactions are under you know they are way more important because they're helping us convey what we're supposed to feel. Yeah. You know, reaction shots oftentimes are kind of the laugh tracks without the laugh track. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why comedy bang, or comedy, uh, or it's always big, the big bang theory. Oh, the big bang. Yeah. Has literally a laugh track all the time. But if you watch those funny clips where it's like, uh, friends without a laugh track, yeah. or, you know, big bang, there is a laugh track. You realize how unfunny those shows right. are. You're like, Oh wow, this is, dead so yeah reaction shots are our way of helping communicate because yeah. no matter what that's why we kind of like comedies right it's because we don't really have to think too much we don't have yeah. to like really strive that's why we can watch a hundred episodes of the office because it's easy it yeah. helps it yeah. guides us along well and so. if you think about the mockumentaries in the office is a great example i mean they use that form of mockumentary to cut back to somebody yeah. being interviewed reacting to whatever just had happened in the office. Yeah. Um, And without those scenes, the show would not be as funny. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's cutting back to Jim just staring at the camera, looking dumbstruck. Yeah. That 
like Michael could be that dumb. Yeah. That makes it funny. Yeah. And and I think it also gives us like um it's the part of comedies that almost becomes like unrealistic that there's these extended periods of reaction moments where it's like a normal conversation, you're nodding your head right now while I'm talking. Yeah. But in a comedy it's almost like I say something and then it cuts to you nodding like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying anything. It's yeah. like it's like this very like hand passing off of say something, react to something, yeah. say something, react to something versus in real life it all happens at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's something that like in the editing, but also in the filming, we didn't provide the material. I think you're the one that edited that. I don't think we provided yeah. the material for you to even edit it correctly right. if you had wanted to or had known to. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't, I know for a fact where I was in that, I would not even have thought of that. You know, Yeah. I, we are at a place where we know more about the subject matter that we actually want to create. And so I think for a lot of people and for us to remember <laughs> i know you didn't want us to be i know exactly <laughs> i told todd before we started recording i was like don't get too yeah. positive he always tries to turn our negative criticism into positivity i'm just a natural you know half glass full type guy i guess but so i will say for anyone out there who's struggling for like why isn't my stuff as good as i want it to be Probably because you don't actually know enough about what you want. You may have a taste. Like, I can tell you that I like the taste of pizza until I know how to make what I like. You know, yeah. I don't know how to make an Antico's dough. Yeah. Like, no matter what, yeah. my pizza. Which is a great pizza place in Atlanta mm. for anybody. Best pizza never been there. ever. Um, or Aventine's great pizza as well. Um, great place in Rome. Great place in Rome. Georgia. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the big twists and stuff. But there's a reason why the best filmmakers um, are the best because they know their subject matter inside and out. They know how to make a good story. They know how to uh, – Roger Deakins knows how to light and Yeah, make... also another great pizza in L.A. <laughs> Roger Deakins. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there is somewhere. Um, but – that's also why sometimes we see great uh, DPs or whatever go on to become directors, yeah. and they're not good. Yeah. So subject matter, knowledge of your subject matter is just as important as your natural intuition yeah. or you know any yeah. of those yeah. other skills. Sets. Totally. So. So in light of that, in light of that, that's why it's good to do what we're doing, Todd. Getting exactly. it back on the. Getting back on the ban- <laughs> um, get, track. Get back on us saying what we are not doing good and we could do better. Right. So I, one thing then we've decided that we're not doing a good job on, is we're not doing a good job with our editing and right. pacing in our or the pacing and. Uh, pacing really right right and then, in our and, editing and also talking about comedy. last week's uh episode where we were talking about our voice yeah i don't think we had found our voice in our earlier work i think we had like an ink like our voice was there yeah but maybe our skill set wasn't doing good enough to bring out that voice in a good clear precise way because we we had the idea of like oh we want to do a funny kind of throwback with like the classic mighty ducks 2 where they get everyone together or something like that but we didn't like we almost needed to go beyond what we had like we needed to find random people making out and being like come on and like okay and they join us as well you know like people and that would be another layer of comedy to what we're doing or if we do have the reaction shots like it's always sunny in philadelphia they have really clean good scripts of quick banter back and forth like that's what makes it really really funny or ap bio you know where uh one of the students says like you know sure thing boss or whatever and he's like when i die you get everything you know like yeah it's those little (laughs) or ralph they're the hamster in the vending machine ralph like (laughs) that episode was so good (laughs) if you guys haven't watched ap bio you need to go watch ap bio stop listening to this podcast and binge ap bio it's best it's done they're not making any more no they are making more they are yeah the Peacock, they're season oh. three. They're filming it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's mo- It's gonna be like a streaming. Oh, now, on. now I have to get Peacock. I know exactly. I need yeah. Peacock. I know. <laughs> That's exactly what I was like. Hey, guys. That's the only show that yeah. I've been like. All the other ones, I'm like, Meh. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but I gotta it, get that. Yeah. Well, and it's sticking with NBC, and it's all everyone's coming back and same writer and everything. So I'm hoping it's just as good. Because oh, sometimes, so like, funny. yeah, community when it went to Yahoo, it was like, mm, yeah, you know, didn't quite, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, 
Back so, to our stuff. Yeah. So one thing that we could improve on yeah. in 2020 mm-hmm. is in comedy, mm-hmm. we need to do a better job with the pacing. Yeah. Which the pacing is affected by the editing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the cinematography, getting more coverage so yeah. we can create the pacing. Yeah. It's hard to do pacing if you only have one angle. Yeah. Um, and then in the writing. Yeah, exactly. Because if one person is talking for yeah. half a page, yeah. it's hard to cut back and forth yeah. to the other people. Well, and I don't think we understand how important... We should write in the reactions, too. Yeah. That's like, what we should it, start it, doing, too. Even though I know like actors yeah. wouldn't really like that. Like yeah. For us as the writer directors it's helpful for us to kind of like map out sort of what we're trying to create yeah i think good truly good like comedies or shows or whatever like it's it's funny from day one you know the script like when they write it it's clean they've gone over it it's really really funny everyone's laughing at the table reading all that stuff but you know without knowledge so a you have that you have a good solid funny episode but then when you're filming that opens you up to like hey Let's get those takes where it's really funny, the scripts. But let's also, let's do some improvise. And if that in the final edit works, you know, it's adding to that coverage. That works, then you can add those improvised lines. If not, you still have the safety of a good script, which is what you did from the beginning. You know, I think, um, oh, what show did that? Was it Seinfeld? I think Seinfeld might have done that, where they would film the scripted first. And then they would go back and they would improvise and oh, they would see how like that worked and they would mix it and stuff. Maybe Parks and Rec, I can't remember, but yeah, one of those comedies they did. One that. of the good ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think there is something about the, but that just speaks more volumes for me personally of how important that script is. Yeah. Because that script should be your safety net. I think understanding and, and just assume that however good the script is, probably maybe like 20% or more going to be diluted by the end product. You know, like it's it's going to be like the telephone game where obviously yeah. your goal is to make it perfect all the way through. And if you're a master at your craft, it's going to happen or if not better by the end product. But sometimes, you know, either your performances aren't as good as you, as the script says, you know, yeah. kind of does it or the editing, you're rushed for time. Um, whereas for us with YouTube, you know, we have a little more time to edit them. Um, but I think that's an important yeah. thing to think about. That's just yeah something. Yeah. So I could be totally wrong. No, no, I think that's, I think that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm giving you the look because you're getting away again yeah. from us. No, I was talking our, about us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, okay. uh, that was a part of gotcha. like what, what it means for good editing. Gotcha. And all that stuff. Gotcha. That's a part of the good script. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, because our we're not gonna be master. Yeah, I get you. Like I think we need to make sure our script is better than who we are, so that when we bring it down a little bit, yeah, <laughs> it's still a good product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better better job on the scripting, which I think that's something that we always battle back and forth yeah. with a little bit because we're like, well, we just need to go make stuff. Yeah. And not worry about the script. Yeah. But then the, the, with no script. Yeah. We're not good enough improvers. Yeah. To make something amazing off the drop of the hat. Yeah, I mean, because, like, your script for I Love Joe, like, it was good, but then we saw the performances. Yeah. And, you know, and but then there were some things that we didn't see in the script that when you see it yeah. on screen, it's different. Yeah. And um, so I think it's really, really important to just put that yeah. into mind. Yeah, so. no, it's true. Um, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, so with watching Tell on the cinematography mm-hmm. side of things... Um, there was definitely stuff that um, I watched where I was like, I liked the shots. They looked really good. Um, and then other times where I was like, oh, that shot's not as good as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. I know one thing that was interesting was watching it through, like there was definitely elements to where the, um, like not all the nighttime shots looked the same. Yeah. Uh, like certain times it was like very obviously lit by a light. Yeah. And then other times it was like more darker and more like accent lighting, like the light was farther away almost. You yeah. Know? Like more like, oh, this is more like classic moon, what I would probably want it to be. And then other times it's like, wow, that is just blasting the side <laughs> of the building with light. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like very blue and yeah, very yeah. like obvious, you know? And so you're talking about, let me guess, because I haven't gotten the chance to see it. Yeah. Uh, inside the cabin in the bed shots those are really blue uh yeah those actually they were really blue yeah um those like work fine because you need to be able to see them right 
Um, is more the, like the outside of the house. Okay. There was like the front of the house. You know, we'd get the shots of her like outside the house. Yeah. And like some of them are like really, really lit and yeah. other ones aren't. Uh, and it's all the same house, so I'm not really sure how that even happened unless they graded it differently. But, um, but nonetheless, I know we were kind of rushed. Yeah. Yeah. With her. But I know that like that would be like one thing. And even like the colors would kind of change. Yeah. Like sometimes it would be like the inside of the house at nighttime would be really orange. And then other times it'd be really blue. Yeah. Um, and like some of that like kind of has to make sense. But it's like I think that was one thing like going through the script and thinking okay, what scenes are actually going to be playing next to each other? Yeah. yeah. Or like, hey, this is on page two and this is on page five. That's only three pages apart, which means they're only like three minutes apart from each other. Yeah. People are still going to remember what it looked like three minutes ago. Absolutely. And we need to make sure that they look consistently the same. So I'd say like that one, that was one thing where I'm like, man, the color temperatures of this movie are kind of all over the place. Yeah. For, I mean, they looked fine. They were good enough, but like as far as like improving on things moving forward, like as a DP, that's definitely something that I would try to be more consistent with. Is like, okay, the lighting, all the lighting looked good for the most part. Um, there were some scenes that didn't look as great, but overall, it's like I would give it like a good lighting grade. It, but the individually, they all look good. But when you looked at them like all cohesively together, yeah, there wasn't like always consistent like yeah. shadow to. Like the the exposure ratio would be different, even though it was in the same building. Yeah. But because it was a different scene, it's like it's different. Yeah. Um, the color temperatures were kind of all over the place. So you know that was the, you know the amount of fill that was in there on the shadows. Like sometimes it was really there, and sometimes it wasn't there at all. So it's like some of that kind of yeah. stuff where it's like that could be if it was all equally the same. Yeah. It would feel way more professional. Yeah. Yeah. The goal of uh good like any filming you know they talked about like good animation or whatever you know it's it's that you don't notice it yeah you really it just it becomes a part of the thing yeah. good editing is like yeah. that as well so yeah so and you know so that's a that's definitely something i think moving forward i'd like to work on um again like probably more coverage mm-hmm. um and the coverage shots that i did get a lot of times like felt very like just sort of thrown thrown in oh interesting versus like feeling more like purposeful yeah. And that was yeah. kind of interesting. Like, um, Do you feel like the shots didn't match what like you're supposed to be feeling? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah. And some of that might have been, like, did the story really need that coverage shot? Right. Um, but then, like, working, obviously, with the director more to, like, help make sure that, like, the coverage you need is the coverage you're getting. Yeah. Um, but, like, you think about, like, Whiplash, that scene where they're meeting and eating at the little cafe yeah. and they're listening to music. And, yeah. And she moves his her foot over to his foot. Yeah. You know, and there's like that moment there. Like that's like a perfect cutaway yeah. shot. Yeah. A lot of the cutaway shots that we'd have him grabbing or reaching for something or touching something. It's like it just felt like we were just cutting to it. Yeah. Not like yeah. it was like it, it didn't really. I didn't feel like it really like helped tell the story. Yeah. In a way, I don't know. And no, and, that's right. Yeah. And sometimes it just and even the way that a lot of times it was shot, it just felt like very much just like oh, we just need a close up of this. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So that that too, which I know again, a lot of times we were rushing, so it was like, yeah, we just gotta get it real fast. Yeah. When we, but that's not yeah. we're not gonna make excuses because yeah. we're talking about what we'd want to yeah. improve. Um. So that would definitely be the other one, and then I think. Uh, on some of them, I really liked the framing and kind of like blocking of it all. Mm. And on other ones, the image just looked really flat. Mm, so I think that would be another thing is like trying to create more depth yeah. with the image. Um, like that one guy talked about it at Riff last year who had worked with Spielberg yeah. on Saving Private Ryan where he was like, you know, Spielberg does a great job like building a shot, layering yeah. a shot. He does this amazing job as a director layering a shot. And I would have loved to have layered the shots more. Yeah. Because some of them just felt very like, here's just two people with a background behind them. Yeah. And then other ones felt like they had more like dimension to them. Yeah. Like even the stuff inside the cabin when like she, um, this, this kind of, uh, the story of Taytel sort of this, um, Sort of a guy that lives in a swamp. Pig farmer. Yeah, pig farmer that lives in a swamp. Kind of a simpleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this s- sleazy salesman comes in and kind of is trying to like sort of run a scheme on him to like steal all of his money by um, having a mail order bride from New York supposedly yeah. come down, marry him, and then they're going to run off with his money. Yeah, kind of end- late 18th century Civil War era. Yeah. And in the end, the simpleton ends up going out 
to find all their hogs that have yeah. gotten loose or been taken potentially and ends up getting like basically dies in the swamp because he gets bitten by all these things, snakes. He goes through hell. Tate's yeah, hell. Yeah, Tate's hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the end, he ends up dying, and the woman shoots the salesman and leaves with the money. Yeah. Um, so anyways, there's a scene where then the wife comes in, or the soon-to-be wife comes in with the salesman and all three of them, and they're in there. And like the whole um, the whole room was just so empty. Yeah. That it we just, were in the corner. I was literally like about to pass out behind the camera there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and because it was like, there the table was up against the window, which is where the table needed to be, but it just was like nothing else was in the middle of the room. Yeah. So it just looked really um flat again. Yeah. There was no depth to it, dimension. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So I think that was like I don't know, just you know, and the stuff there was a moment at the fence post where the salesman and Tate meet and um like it just looks very basic. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't look. It does. It's just not visually as interesting as yeah. it could be. Yeah, that's a good way to to put it. It's very basic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, I think when we listen to a movie that has good sound, you know, they fully work into the stepping and all that. Yeah. It'd be like watching that with just like them recording a yeah. mic of the actual scene. You know? Yeah, you're not getting those layers on layers yeah. on layers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and there were other scenes that looked really good. Yeah. Um, but then. You know, uh, that did have that layering. So I'd say like fifty percent of it was like, yeah, I like that, and then fifty percent was like, Ugh, I wish yeah. we had shot. I, I had shot that differently. Yeah. Um. So I think that would be one thing on the cinematography side is just like doing a better job of layering the scene and then having more consistency from scene to scene to scene. So those would definitely be the things on cinematography. I feel like I could improve on. Yeah. So uh, we've talked a little bit about our comedy side of things. What mm-hmm. we'd like to improve on that. Um. I think I think on as far as lighting goes, I feel like we've actually learned a lot over the years, which is good. Yeah. But I, again, I'd love to find ways at this point to. I feel like um, we can make something look good in any situation for the most part, but consistently making that situation look good throughout, I yeah. feel like is where we struggle. Yeah. Um. So it's like knowing how to consistently how to change things as the environments change. Yeah. You know, we'll have situations where the sun goes down or it's not shining through the window anymore. I mean, even with our more commercial type work that we do, it's like, we'll be in situations where, yeah, it looked really good at 10 o'clock when we set it up, but by three, when we're still filming the last little bit, it's not as good as it was before. Yeah. Um, And I'd love to find kind of in 2020, as far as lighting goes, finding ways to make it, keep that good consistent all the way through you know, make the color temperatures look good all the way through. Just kind of really find ways to where we can, um, no matter kind of what the circumstances are, we can make each shot the same. Yeah. And equally as good. Yeah. Um, and then there's definitely, the other aspect would be like when you're just in tough situations, how to light when you're kind of like boxed in. Yeah. You know, where it's like a small space or there isn't like a nice big, window or or door or something to shine light through or you know what do you do when you're kind of like stuck yeah um so those would be kind of two areas i think would be kind of nice to improve on i think probably more importantly would be the first one just because part of it is like well don't put yourself in a situation yeah where you're in a bad location yeah you know partly it's almost like don't hire bad actors yeah how do you how do you get bad actors to be better don't hire them. Yeah. That's how you do yeah. it. You know, uh, how do you get your location to look amazing? Get a good location. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so it's like you can only make, you, almost like Roy would always say, you can only polish a turd so much. <laughs> a bad location, a bad yeah. actor, a bad whatever yeah. is always going to be bad. Yeah. Bad sound. Yeah. I, I, this photographer I like, I remember when they were like asking, the, you know, how did you get in photography? And he's like, the most important thing to be considered a good photographer is to have a good model. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. thing is anyone can take pictures of the mountains or whatever. And it's like, wow, this should be on calendar. Because that's exactly what calendar pictures are. Yeah, exactly. They're not really anything profound. They're right. cool. So the yeah. scenery is great. So I think yeah. your subject matter, whatever you're doing, yeah. needs to Yeah, set yourself up for success exactly. by choosing good things to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I have a friend who lives in Alaska now and is doing nature photography and his photos are amazing. Um, and no discredit to like, he's doing a good job taking the photos, yeah. 
But he also has some of the most beautiful landscape yeah. that still exists in the United States available to him in the every world. day. In the in world. The world. Yeah. yeah, in the world, yeah. yeah. And definitely in the United States where he's mainly posting his photos and sharing them. So it's like if I go out and take pictures of the you know hills that we have here in Rome, Georgia, compared to his photos yeah. of you know these glacier peak awesome mountains, yeah, yeah, he's his photos are going to be better. <laughs> I mean, you know, even if he comes down here and takes yeah. photos, I mean, it could yeah. be the exact same photographer. Yeah, but the photos there are better because the scenery's better, yeah. the well, subjects better. Where uh, shout out to Ryan Smith, you know, I think he's he finds unique things. And it obviously connects with people in yeah. Rome, you know, like he's finding, because there's only so many pictures of the clock tower that you can yeah, take, exactly. you know, but when you have a piano and it's right next to a blooming, you know, flower, uh, yeah. or tree flower, you know, uh, make flower tree. Or, it's a, uh, you're talking about the sunflowers? No, no, it's the white tree that's like uh, blooms Oh, on. yeah, 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 yeah. With that. Um, Oh, I don't know. Oh, but it's a good thing Helen doesn't listen to this podcast. Cherry trees or something like that? Yeah, something I don't like know. that. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Dogwoods. <laughs> I think they're dogwoods. Okay. Um, but that looks really pretty. You know, he made... Yeah. It's, it's finding those things, and obviously people can connect with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like, yeah, you can obviously work with ugly. Exactly. But it's going to take more work, I yeah. think. And, and it, it, it takes a different... You can't... I mean, no... Um, you can't take the approach like let's say you have a non-traditional model. We'll yeah. call we'll call our male model, not our female model. Our male model that is not attractive. Non-binary. Our, our unattractive genderless. male model. We're gonna call him just the non-traditional model, as opposed to calling him ugly. Yeah. Uh. So a non-traditional model. Well, then you need to take a non-traditional photo. Yes. Yes. Because if you try to take the traditional GQ guy. Yeah. You know, looking awesome in his sexy suit. Yeah. And the guy isn't sexy. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Yeah, because of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I you know obviously finding. Uh, uh, the reality is though, oftentimes we are paid to go and film in situations, or independent films can only get certain locations or budget reasons. You can only afford a certain location. So I still want to know how to make those locations look good. Yeah. But I think primarily, I think more importantly, I'd like to find a way to where in the good locations that do look good, I want them to look their best throughout the entire project. Yeah. Not just when we first set up the lights or on the days where the lighting conditions are just right or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was uh, talking about our work. I got this opportunity to make a social media video for Valentine's for uh, our our company, Barnett. Yeah, which is and, a great video, by the way. Well, and that's why I was thinking. I was like, you know, I I think having the best actors in the world, you know, right, like right, Tom yeah, Hanks, because you pulled, you, yeah, yeah. The video was you pulling clips from uh, different rom coms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Different iconic rom coms, and I just kind of made something out of the fly, and it was like it, a mashup that kind of like all worked yeah, together to sort yeah. of speak to love. Very pretty, and and effectively worked on a lot of levels. And the difference between how easy that was to make, um, and when I say easy, it's like it still, you know, take time to put it all together. Right. But it you don't have the mental like wherewithal of you know like the right. You don't have to deal with the like this shot isn't very good, but how can I make it work? Right, like like working with the uh, fix it in post was not an issue. Exactly, we worked with a certain company in a different state and trying to make. A, a video with people who are not actors. Yeah, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, I mean, it just speaks back to the fact of like it is when you do things right and you get it in order and you have yeah. good actors, good yeah. things, it's gonna fall together easier in the final run. Yeah, um, and so also like if you want to have good lighting, it takes more time to set that stuff up. Yeah. you know, like I, it's hard. When looking back on what we done do with our YouTube and stuff like that, we want to make videos quickly. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. So, yeah, I I, I think just kind of going back to critiquing ourselves and thinking about what we want to do. Do we? Is it? Does it come down to a matter of we just keep doing it enough times that we become like Roger Deakins, where he knows exactly like how many lights it takes? Yeah to light up the forest and prisoners right. at night, you know? Or is it always going to be hard? And we just have to, with each video we do, accept that and really invest 
And instead of coming out with a video once a week, come out with a video once a month, or we queue them up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I think think to answer your question, I would imagine that it's always hard. Yeah. Um, But I would imagine that it gets easier in some ways. But then I bet other stuff becomes harder then. Right. You know, like, um, you know, like, I bet it's not hard anymore for LeBron James to shoot a free throw. Yeah. But. Oh, well, he's. (laughs) Not great with free throws, but yeah. Well, or a layup. Yeah, I mean, yeah. something that, like, a kid, when they're first learning how to play basketball, it's, like, hard. Yeah. But now he can do it pretty easily. But yeah. it's, like, but now to win the championship consistently every year is really hard. Yeah. You know? So it's, like, it's just that, like, your your goalposts, yeah. you know, moves as you move forward. Yeah. You know? So is Roger Deakins still struggling with keeping the color contrast, colors and contrast the same throughout all of his shots? Probably not. Right, because he's mastered that already. He's mastered, that and he probably has a team of people who. Yeah, and he has more sure people to help him yeah. too. Oh, it's just, right now it's just you know me and you. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that definitely you know it gets it gets easier in some ways, but then it gets harder in others. You know, and then of course like okay, now I have a team of people to help me, but now I have to manage them. Yeah, and that's a whole other learning skill that's different. You know, so I would say it's probably both. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. As for us, though, I also think. We have to kind of decide what do we even like. What's our goal yep. with everything that we make? You know, if it's more of a, like a, just a sketch thing, and we're just trying to do something fun real fast, then like it doesn't really matter if the lighting's yeah. that great. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it's more like we have to clearly set out our intentions and goals, and then like try to reach those. Yeah. And invest whatever amount of time it takes to get those right. Yeah. You know, in a sketch thing, we might say, you know, what we really care about is just having really snappy dialogue. Yeah. So. As opposed to setting up lights a bunch, we should just like rehearse. Yeah. Or we should record it 10, you know, 20 takes instead of five. Yeah. You know, or we should write the script or we should do this or that, you know, like figure out where we kind of want to invest our time. Yeah. I think kind of would be a better way to go than um, always sort of like dogmatically trying to say this is what it has to be. Yeah. When in reality, like nobody cared that the, Jeff, um, uh, I love Joe. No, the, the um, Def Jeff. No, the Jeff, uh, the driver. What's his name? Oh yeah, Jeff yeah, Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Yeah, 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 the Jeff Gordon spoof. Nobody yeah. cared that it was like amateur. Yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, and that was the thing is the ones that we like nailed. We nailed. You yeah. could tell, like, I mean, the Google one, we had a clear vision of what we wanted. That, you or, mean the uh, Apple? The, yeah, the Mac. The Mac's yeah. where they're talking back after Steve Jobs passed away. Yeah. Uh, I think we nailed that pretty yeah. well. I mean, obviously, we would probably film a little different now. Um, but uh, for the most part, like, the message got across yeah. of what we wanted to say. So. Yeah. And then the videos that don't do well, I think maybe we didn't have a clear understanding or cuz there were some that like we're like we nailed this and then it never yeah. got any views. yeah <laughs> yeah and some of it is like you know it comes down against to taste yeah. you know and our voice and some people are just not going to like everything you do and yeah. you know that's fine too um so uh yeah but that's a that's a good a good thing to think about um what's some other areas so i'd say other areas that we can improve. I think, you know, I think it's okay to, we're so obsessed with wanting to do original content. I mean, the what's the classic thing when people say, that's funny because it's true, you know? Yeah. It, it's those Jeff Gordon that we kind of hopped yeah. on that. What the was, spoofs. Yeah, like now, especially in political season, yeah. you know, I'd probably make a, like a Bloomberg, like uh, yeah. spoof or something because that's all I see. Yeah, or did you see that? I'm sure you did see that time Tom Cruise running for president. No. Did you see that? Did they defake his face? No, no, no. There's this guy that he looks. He's an actor, and yeah. he looks a lot like Tom Cruise. And um, and he made a website and a video campaign thing, like launching his campaign. And then and it's Tom Cruise saying that he's running for president, yeah. but throughout the whole thing, he's running. <laughs> And he talks That's about good. how he's yeah. been really, he's great at running <laughs> and he's running all these yeah. movies and that he's, you know, like, and that he's like all American. He's been, he's like, I've been a fighter pilot. I've been a secret agent. I've been this, I've been that. He's like, <laughs> like giving off his resume. Yeah. But the whole time he's just running yeah. in a suit doing the like Tom Cruise run. Yeah. Um, but it's stuff like that. You're right. That like, there's definitely like, I mean, if you think about like SNL, like, yeah, a lot of their stuff can be creative. But a lot of their stuff is just like spoofing other oh, stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with 
like just making. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Mel Brooks's stuff was just yeah, spoofing the, other people's stuff. Yeah, the funniest thing that uh, SNL's done in a long time was the the Joker version. You know, yes. the Grouch, yeah. the Grouch yeah, from uh, Sesame Street. And, you know, that's like the funniest thing they've done in a long time. Yeah, and they just spoofed that trailer. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so good. <laughs> so like those things like that, I think we can make really good things because my goal with our creative stuff was always to make like a key and peel level like production yeah and it was the thing i really loved about them is it felt like yeah movies yeah and they even talked about it. the dp and the director of those always talked about yeah we always wanted to make it as cinematic as possible yeah and it, it just adds to the comedy oh, totally. uh and so but like the popular things are like the things on facebook where not much effort but you know, it's the Southern comfort. Or, yeah. You know, Southern. Yeah. The uh, what Southern we would do or something. Yeah. What? It, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, and it's obviously like that's a obviously everyone in the South gets it. Maybe not everyone else. Yeah. But um, and that's fine in any. But that was never our goal. I don't think our yeah. goal was to make funny, funny things. So now I think it's okay to like allow ourselves that we don't have to be like super creative. And being original, right? You know, because sometimes those don't work. Like, yeah, the funny things are like jumping on the bandwagon yeah, with the Jeff exactly. Gordon stuff, and yeah, uh, we may be hated and reviled, but I think it's okay to have. Hey, special- overall, we had more likes than dislikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had hundreds of thousands of likes and like twenty thousand dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> haters gonna hate <laughs> haters gonna hate I will say next time though I will totally turn off my comments cause I'd get dings every time that we got oh, a new really? little comment oh. and I'd look and I'd be like oh yeah and it's like oh. F you man yeah. I want my time back yeah <laughs> this is great this is funny this is spoof <laughs> <laughs> clearly fake <laughs> yeah. that was my favorite <laughs> uh. yeah it's the whole idea <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, yeah oh my gosh yeah and no, I think that's a good a good point to have yeah and 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 i think that's hard when it comes to like building a brand somewhat yeah. because like people want to kind of like sign up for a certain thing yeah um and and there's ways around that you know but i think first and foremost it's kind of like this podcast i mean there's definitely episodes that we have that are like oh that was a really good interesting episode and other ones are like anybody yeah. who listens to that is a chump <laughs> yeah. yeah you know poor poor soul <laughs> they're gonna want their time back good thing we don't have comments uh and so you know i think to some degree like you know if i was going to criticize us on the creative side it would be that we're just not doing enough yeah yeah you know absolutely. it's like we just need to do more yeah. and so you know if we get so hung up on making everything perfect then we're not going to make anything at all. Or if we worry too much about like, well, that one we tried to make look really good. And this one we just tried to do just real quick. People are going to like be wondering about why one looks great and one doesn't. It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe down the road we can break it off into different channels and people can follow different things. And, you know, we can have it a little bit more segmented, but you know, right now it's like, we just need to make stuff. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. From our, Commercial side of things, I feel like one area that we could help improve would just be our process and streamlining mm. it. Yeah. Um, I think our process, we all know at Brand Red what it is, but I feel like, you know, especially with some of these smaller projects that we do, like it can get bogged down so much throughout the process that then it's like not as easy. It's not as profitable as a project as it could be because it takes so long for it to go through the process that yeah. it's like if there was like clear step one, step two, step three, and by step 10, you're out the door. Yeah. You know, it's like that I think would definitely help improve things to make it less, uh, just comes up the process. Yeah. I think that would be one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we could find a way to light things on a cheaper, faster, <laughs> that would definitely be the area where it's like, how can yeah. we do it quicker and faster? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one part would be having to unload the our car every time. Right. If we had a bigger truck that like everything kind of like quickly came on and off of it, yeah. or you could kind of work off the truck, you know. But if we have gear that's buried underneath all the gear, all the other yeah. gear has to come off. Yeah. And you spend fifteen minutes just unloading the car. Yeah. Just so you can get to the one piece of thing that you need. Well, and here's the thing that a lot of people like you may feel like you are cutting corners by saving, you know, buying a cheaper light or buying something. Like, there's a reason why, like, the best cameras are so expensive. Yeah. It's because a lot of times, like, 
you get like a, I mean, think of an Air Alexa with an anamorphic on it. Like you could probably shoot without much light. You know, like you yeah. can you can kind of because it well, looks the, so good. Or the big lights. I mean, it's like you think you're saving yeah. money by you know buying a thousand dollars worth of lights as opposed to the six thousand dollar yeah M eighteen yeah exactly. But you shine your M eighteen through a window and it looks like beautiful daylight coming exactly. through all day long. Yeah. And you're done. Yeah, you know? our sky panel. We use that for everything now. Yeah, more than all these other lights put together. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, that is one aspect to where like a couple really big lights. Yeah. Sh- Goes shining, a long way. shining, pointed the right direction. Yeah. Like makes it to where everything else looks good. Yeah. Um, where if you don't have those really big lights, you got to keep moving eight yeah. small lights around all day long. Yeah. Uh, because every time you move the camera, now they're not shining in that area anymore. Yeah. They're not exposing that area. Where if you have one big light hitting the entire side of the building, it all the all the whole all yeah. the windows look good. <laughs> yeah. All the light coming in looks good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think it's just being smart that way. Obviously, if you're on a budget, you're on a budget. Yeah. That's just yeah. the reality of things. Um, but just be mindful of that. That. Makes as they say, you know, only on a few things, but make those few things good. Yeah, you know, and uh, and that saves you time on a shoot. Setting setting up one light is a lot easier than setting up yeah four lights. So um, another thing, I think both creatively, you know, with with oh, we did a right job with it in in Taytel, um, or I did, but um, uh, but could, I could definitely could have done better, and definitely with a lot of our other stuff, uh, we still did not move the camera enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, and moving, part of, moving is life. Yeah, yeah, and and part of that problem is, you know, we have that Ronin, but it's just so heavy. Yeah. And when you're walking around on it, you still feel like the movement. Yeah. You still see like the bounce of the person walking. That it just like, we haven't found a solution that like works for us yeah. at like our budget range and our crew size of like a camera that looks good but can yeah. still also be like manually focused from a distance. Yeah. But it also isn't so heavy that you can't actually do cool moves with right. it. Like what's the point of having a camera that moves if you can't do anything cool with yeah. it? Yeah, you've you've uh started using like the easy rig yeah. with with a single uh attachment to the camera. And I think that works better, especially when I've edited them yeah. edited that footage. It looks good. Um, but yeah, as far as like moving, running after someone, they're following them. It's a little bit of a, it's a different story for sure. Um, and we use the Dana Dolly more and stuff, but it's just like, I would love to have a good, yeah. um, moving option. And I know that a lot of those like smaller camera rigs that, you know, like the DSLR likes little, um, yeah. motorized gimbals. Um, and even stuff like the DJI ones that have like the adjustable lenses on, like those have gotten a lot better. And I don't know if they've gotten good enough at this point that for a lot of the projects we could end up using that as yeah. a camera as yeah. well, almost like a the, that's our B camera moving shot camera. Because I mean, it would be amazing to to not have to set up the Dana Dolly every time you need something. Exactly. You know, and do little you know dolly shots through a door, and you see somebody walk in, or yeah, or you know, just something that doesn't have to have. 20 minutes of setup yeah every time you want to use it yeah um and then that, i mean that that ronin it's like it's just the whole rig is just so heavy yeah that it just it makes it like you can't easily go from like the ground to the sky yeah. or you know up above your head yeah. with that thing yeah and i think that's why the ursa minis are so popular um with filmmakers is because you know you're having this 12 stops of dynamic range in this tiny little camera. Yeah. You know, like Nico from uh, Digital Corridor, YouTube channel we follow, um, he, that's his favorite camera of all time. And he's worked with Reds and all these different kind of cameras. And he's like, yeah, he just has a little hand gimbal thing. He's got that on there. And he's like, it's everything I need. And yeah. it looks like a film. It's easy to move around to get up and all that yeah. stuff. So, you know, those are also things to think about. I think, you know, all of us filmmakers, we want, we want what's easiest, you know. Like yeah. we have, that's the reason we are digital now, as composed, you know, yeah. going from film. And yeah. there's a reason why we don't want slow max, we want fast max. Yeah. You know, we want editing software. We want efficiency. Exactly. Ease. Exactly, because 
content as the demand for content grows like our exportation needs to be just as quick yeah and so um yeah a lot of times people want the same they want more stuff for the same price in the same time exactly so it's like before it's like we want one video for 10 grand now we want five videos for 10 grand or 10 videos for 10 grand it's like i mean (laughs) all right so now i do 10 times the amount of work yeah in the same amount of time that i used to do one thing yeah how do i do that and make it faster and make it cooler and make it lit better yeah and movement better yeah you know so yeah but i think solving the movement issue would be amazing and i think i think one element would be like getting our own grip truck yeah because that would just allow that you know when it's a smaller crew you don't have to unpack everything and you kind of have a you're a little bit more mobile yeah when you have when you can work off a truck well and and also going back to what you said earlier just make sure you have all the coverage you know like if you want more movement make sure you shot movement and tripod make sure you have different version you know and there's a reason why film studios they watch dailies yeah because they sit together and they watch their day's worth of work and they go all right this is what we need yeah or studios now have budgeted into you know the budget that there will be reshoots yeah like that is a thing that's 100 percent they do so maybe i mean with youtube like allow yourself to watch a edit video and if it's not good enough then find out what wasn't good and go back and refilm yeah like I think the post-production work should not be the final thing in our minds. I think oftentimes when we filmed it for YouTube videos or our small project, we're like, all right, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Like, we probably could have gone back to I Love Jill and refilmed some stuff. Yeah. Um, you did actually go back and refilm some stuff for Taytale, right? Uh, no. You, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes did I did. some reshoots. Yeah, so. yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did a day of reshoots. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah, and running at full speed, we went back and reshot some stuff. Right. But yeah, I think you're right. I think going back, well, and you know, it's it goes back to like the Pixar, which that's something we should talk about yeah. at some point. Uh, the Pixar creative brain trust that they have and kind of their process. But I mean, they kind of their number one mantra is that like we're gonna get to the post part of our project, yeah, uh, and realize that it's bad, mm-hmm. and we're gonna then go back and redo it. Yeah. And we're going to get to that post part again and we're going to realize it's bad and we're going to go back and redo it. And then we're going to get to that post part again and we're going to realize it's bad and we're going to go back and do it. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe on the fourth or fifth try, it'll be good. Yeah. And, you know, and they then just built that into their timeline. Yeah. Of like, all right, here's how many times we're going to mess up and then we're going to have it ready. Yeah. The final one ready by here. Yeah. Um, and obviously with a big movie, animation movie, I mean, you definitely have very strict production schedules and timelines and everything so i think that's a a very valid point that nowadays because things are becoming easier and easier to shoot and to produce like we should people should we should um include in reshoots and potentially even filming the whole thing all over again yeah if you need to to make it good yeah yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. Yeah. i I mean and that's the the beauty of doing these things with your friends and not having a whole bunch of outside people come in we have the luxury to do that usually yeah yeah. and we should totally be taking advantage of that yeah so So lastly on sound design Mm, yes um i think we that's another area that we've we did it a couple times where we put in some good sound design, but I think that's another area where we could start really improving by adding better sound design. Yeah. And, and part of that, again, is coming from the scripting stage of having a project that actually is going to have sound design. Yeah. But then when the project actually comes along, then actually doing the sound design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to work on a project recently with Austin mm-hmm. uh, Earp and doing some sound design with him. And that was really fun to actually get to work with him. On uh, He's an actual musician, recording artist, uh, recording engineer, composer. So, like, getting to actually work with somebody who, like, really gets sound and audio and mics. And, I mean, you have different times, like, three or four different mics yeah. pointed at what he was capturing. Yeah. But even w- if you're not going to do that or if we're not going to do that, I mean, even just to that level, like, if we just even just record sounds with our own boom mic yeah. in this room where, yeah. where it's controlled, yeah. um, I just think that would be another element to where, like, definitely improve a lot of our projects if we had more sound design yeah and it could be as simple as legitimately when you have a walking scene or the bike scene and in the in the the get together you know having the sound of the and the the pedaling and then maybe some ambient bird noises and, and just adding that feel so 
it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You're hearing his heartbeat, you right. know, like yeah. <laughs> it, it's these little things of what we're seeing is and what it, we're hearing. Yeah, exactly. In the background, we're hearing those things. Yeah, and so I think um, because yeah, if you really pay attention to sound, like it sticks out to you, like shoes hitting on the ground, you know, like people walking, like that really sticks out, and you're like, yeah. it feels fake. That's only because you're aware of it now. Yeah. Just like when you work with uh, uh, lighting in a movie, that sticks out to you. Like yeah. the way they lit, you're all of a sudden. So, because movies are illusions at the end of the day. Yeah. You are bringing this person into this world. And if it's flat, like what we said earlier, it takes you out of that illusion. So, we want to be able to make as much as for a minute, two minutes, however long the YouTube video is. You're living in that world. Yeah. Really, a lot of what we've ended up talking about, it just dawned on me, is is really layering. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like layering the dialogue yeah. to where there's more energy because yeah. people, multiple people are talking as opposed to one person giving a monologue and then the other person giving a monologue and the other person giving a monologue. Right. Uh, in the scene, layering the depth of it so yeah. there's more going on from a framing standpoint. The consistency and lighting and color that doesn't really have anything to do with layering, but right. uh, and then obviously layering off the sound effects, yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't know if we had any sound effects for the scene where I go see you in the office, but it should have been, yeah, if it was supposed to be like Wolf yeah. of Wall Street level. We might like, have had some telephones going off, um, but, but yeah. we should have had like people talking yeah, in the exactly. background, like a busy office, yeah, yeah, which obviously you were in this like small little cubicle and yeah. or this small office in Floyd medical yeah. <laughs> center so it didn't look anything yeah. like it. but nonetheless if it's supposed to be you at wolf of wall street kind yeah. of like bit bullpen kind of yeah. thing you know it's like like we could have I, we didn't add any like we could have added a little like tiny voice in the person yeah. i'm talking to you know blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. like yeah. that add that little yeah, extra exactly. like oh he's talking to something yeah yeah so something funny especially and that's where you can also add humor yeah. you know you can add blah, 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 blah. yeah like exactly. it could have been, been funny goofy exactly yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I be mindful. It's being mindful of your layers of of jokes on jokes. You know, like yeah. it's it's well, yeah, like even where you said, like you know, I'm I'm you know, uh, you got a boss, and then he's like, I'm gonna leave when I die. I'm gonna leave you everything. Yeah, You're yeah. like that's a joke <laughs> that was separate from whatever the big joke yeah. was. I'm sure of that scene. Yeah, it was this little mini joke on top of a joke. Yeah. Um, which is what makes that show so funny yeah. is that there's all this stuff happening all at once. Yeah, because that makes it rewatchable. You go back, yeah. I mean, Arrest Development and Seinfeld's yeah. were too, like, there's so many jokes that, like, most people watching it would be like, oh, I like George, he's funny, but you're not, or, you know, Kramer, he's funny, but you're not seeing all the other nuance that's happening yeah. in that scene. Yeah. You know, Jerry might be, like, have said something really, like, sure, yeah, use my fridge, you know. Like, it's those things, like, yeah. it's, that's a big example but like yeah. you know there's well and the office does it with yeah, like creed exactly like creed is like the ultimate and even having a character whose whole purpose is really just to be the person the yeah. joke on top of the joke <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like i remember, i just watched one of them where they're, they're doing the um uh the mystery murder oh yeah murder mystery murder yeah. mystery thing <laughs> and creed comes in and it, like he's like what are we doing and michael's like Somebody got murdered, and we're trying to figure out who did it. And then he just leaves, <laughs> and you see him like pull out of the. He's like, "Oh, he's like, sure thing. I'll, I just gotta run to the car. We'll be right back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I just gotta go to the bathroom or something." And then you see him like his car like peels out of the drive. <laughs> well, and then that was also on top of the fact that like Dunder Mifflin might be closing yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. On top of the fact that Jim is freaking out doing something off, on yeah, top of, you yeah. know, like, there were so right. many And the conflict happening. between Jim and Michael, where exactly. Michael's trying to make everybody forget, and Jim yeah. thinks everybody should get back to work. Yeah, and, like, Andy's, you know, like, certain people are really into it. Angela's, yeah. like, rolling her eyes, yeah. you know. Like, there was so many layers, but, like, and maybe not everyone gets that. Like, right. that's the thing about it. Well, and that is when, if you do all that layering, people aren't going to notice all of it, but they're going to notice some of it, mm -hmm. and the and to a certain degree, by layering, you're kind of um, increasing your odds of catching people. Yeah. It's almost like throwing out multiple nets all yeah. at once. I mean, that's the thing I love about Nerdwriter on YouTube is he shows me the layers of, like, paintings. Yeah. You know, like, before I really listened to him, obviously I would have learned these if I had gone to school and learned, you know, art history or whatever and all these art theory, I guess, 
Um, and, but you would have had to go get become an art major, right? I mean, that's the only way to learn right. that. Yeah, but like you get a greater appreciation once you know layers. You know, it's the same yeah. with food. Like it's like salt isn't the only thing. If you add salt and then like li- like lemon, realizing that was the thing that uh, Stephen Calberry told me. It's like it's not about having a whole bunch of flavors. It's about having a variety of flavors because your tongue tastes a variety of different things. So you have sweet but spicy and salty and, and you know, all these yeah. things are – it's a, it's a the ballet in your palate essentially. And so – that should be the exact same thing that we do when we approach yeah. our work, yeah, our our films or anything. Like that yeah. it's, it needs to have that deeper, yeah, complexity. Yeah. Well, mm. that was good, good. to reflect, think and, about, and and hopefully uh, in a year from now we can say that we improved on a lot of these things. Um, you know, uh, you do like to keep things positive and remind us of how far we've come, which is always good. Um, and I think then somewhat in our friendship as well as here at Brand Red, then it's like I feel like one of the things I like to bring is always like, well, what looking to the future, yeah. what can we do better, what can we improve on, um, and I think it's what makes us a good team. Um, but I think it's always always good for everybody to kind of say in a healthy sort of way, not mm-hmm. criticizing yourself to make yourself feel bad and right. go home and drink your sorrows away, yeah. but more just like what can, okay, uh, this is how far I've gotten now, you know, you never want to stop growing. You never want to stop pushing yourself. Um, one, because like you should never settle in life. Mm-hmm. You should always, you know, for your own sake, you should push yourself. But then from a competitive standpoint, like there's only so many projects out there. Yeah. There's only so many time, so many mo- YouTube videos or movies or TV shows people are going to watch. Well, now that there's this like flood of content, you know, the only way that you can stand out amongst the competition is by constantly pushing yourself to get better yeah. and better. Yeah. You know, YouTube 10 years ago, we could do stuff that now you can't yeah. because it's just changed and other people have improved. And now we would have to be just as good as they are, if not better for people yeah. to watch us. So, uh, I encourage all of you guys to just kind of look at yourself and say, all right, what did I learn in 2019? What have I accomplished? Awesome. Now yeah. what do I want to learn in 2020 yeah. and get better at? Um, because, uh, you just always want to keep yeah. pushing yourself forward. Yeah. And, Encourage yourself only to the extent that it's uh, because oftentimes when we the reason I encourage is we look at other people's work and we go, I'll never be that good. And then we just become stale and we stay where we're at. Encourage yourself to say, that's great for them. I'm happy where I am, but I'm moving forward as well. You know, it's encouragement to move forward. That's yeah. the only really purpose. Yeah, of it. to to inspire you that inspire, you're you're yeah. you're capable of getting where you want to go because of how far you've come. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect yeah. way to say yeah. it. Yeah. So on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.